0: Welcome to Parsha in Progress. I'm Abigail Pogrubin, author of My Jewish Year.
1: And I'm Rabbi Dov Linzer, president of Yeshivat Chovevei Torah Rabbinical School.
0: And we are two very different Jews talking about the same Torah together. We are so excited to be still in Leviticus. (laughs) This is Leviticus when we are uh, talking about Kedushim.
1: Holy. It's in the plural. You shall be holy.
0: Right. Let's just give people a sense of where we are in the story.
1: Sure. I mean, there's not much of a story in Leviticus. Exodus ended with the building of the sanctuary of the Mishkan, and Leviticus starts with all the laws of the sacrifices, and then it got into all these laws of purity and impurity, and then there were a lot of laws about uh, forbidden sexual relationships, and now we're up to a new set of laws which opens up with this mandate about being holy. So uh, it's interesting, it's not a right. point in a narrative, but it's interesting to contrast it to what came before.
0: So let's start in Leviticus 19.2. It says, Speak to the whole Israelite community and say to them, You shall be holy, for I, the Lord your God, am holy. So I just want to take that line first. Um, And it wasn't self-evident to me exactly what it means when God is saying, You, that's us, right, Mm -hmm. shall Mm -hmm. be holy, for I, God the Lord, am holy. Does that mean We are automatically kind of divine because God created us, because God says so. What makes us holy? What does that line tell us about why we're suddenly holy?
1: Right no I I don't think so at all I think that it's a mandate it's a call to action it's not a description it's not saying you are holy because I am holy it's saying you shall be holy it's about becoming holy it's not about being holy but I think that the point is that why what does holiness mean I mean it's not explaining it but it's saying it has something to do with God so we should try to become more godlike more like God and then I think it's up for us to figure out what exactly that is describing what is that holiness that's being described here
0: And we'll look at the list but but i do want to push you on the for in that sentence you mm-hmm. shall be holy for i the lord your god am holy you should that's of the for is is a because yes right so that means because i have attained this
1: you should try well let's say the verse it said you shall be compassionate you shall care for the orphan and the widow because i the lord your god am compassionate and care for the orphan and widow would you understand that
0: Yeah, I would understand that better.
1: Why is this harder to understand?
0: I guess because holy feels like a state of being, not an
1: action. I don't know. Would you ever say, describe somebody as being holy, or that's like not part of no. our lexicon these days?
0: Not so much, would you?
1: Very few people. Very few people. But somebody who's like a real pious person and, you know, is always sort of thinking about God and about people. And I could imagine saying about somebody, he's a really holy person. Well,
0: let's look at what the laundry list of holiness amounts to in this parsha. And these are just a few of the examples. 1911 you shall not steal, you shall not deal deceitfully. falsely with one another. 1912, you shall not swear falsely by my name, profaning the name of your God. 1913, you shall not defraud your fellow. You shall not commit robbery. The wages of a laborer shall not remain with you until morning. It goes on, you shall not insult the deaf or place a stumbling block before the blind. You shall not render an unfair decision. Do not favor the poor or show deference to the rich. Judge your kinsmen fairly. You shall not take vengeance or bear a grudge against your countrymen. Love your fellow as yourself. We know that famous
1: line. (laughs) So this is why you call this the core of Jewish ethics, right? Yeah, I
0: mean, that's that's a pretty comprehensive list i think it's an inspiring one
1: frankly mm-hmm.
0: and i think it's very it's it's more clear than most things in the torah <laughs> wouldn't you say
1: yeah absolutely and you know reading those it's very powerful because it says holiness is the same as an ethical moral life one that cares about other people when we think about holiness or religiosity, we tend to think about ritual things that make you different from everybody else. You know, the way you dress, keeping kosher, keeping Shabbat. And when we think about people that just live moral, ethical lives and care about other human beings, say, oh, well, that's moral. That's not religious, you know. And holy usually goes with religious. And here we're being told this is what a holy life is about.
0: And do you think it's the whole of it? Like, I mean, whole with W-H-O-L-E that you have to do all these things in order to be holy, or is, does one suffice?
1: Uh, I think the Torah is expecting us to do all. But like I said, I mean, I think our lives are lives of becoming, not of being. I think that's a helpful way of thinking about what we're always striving towards. But I would actually say no in a different way, because I think that you did a little cherry-picking, because you focused on all the verses that were about morality, and there are plenty. Is that a criticism? Um <laughs> it was a friendly jab. Um, and uh, because you focused on all the verses that were about morality, but there are a lot of verses that are about more ritual, quote-unquote, religious types of activities. Like it starts with, each person shall fear their father and mother. Okay, that's fine. That's basic ways we treat our parents. But then it says, and you shall observe my Sabbath. I am the Lord your God. Do not turn to the idols, to the false gods. Do not make for yourself a, fa- you know, a false god. I am the Lord your God. And when you bring a sacrifice, here's how you should. here's how you should eat it and under these days. So it right at the beginning puts us all this much more ritualistic things, and then it transitions into the moral and the ethical. So what's your thinking about that?
0: Well, it feels like they're very integrated. I guess the blueprint is both. Like, you have to live morally, but that's a more universal kind of roadmap. You don't necessarily have to be a Jew Mm -hmm. to do those things. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think we all should be doing them. The, the God piece makes it particularly particularistic. It's our this is this is what the religion requires because it's Judaism,
1: so you're just saying they're interrelated in that you have the universal part of Judaism and the particular part of Judaism,
0: right. The fact that you're raising all these moments where it says, "You have to do this, I am the Lord, your God, mm-hmm. right. You shall fear God. Even when right. it's in 1914, when he's, you shall not insult the de- the deaf or place a stumbling block before the blind. You shall fear your God. I am the Lord. Like you could say that's a non sequitur, but it's not a non sequitur, right? Mm-hmm. They're integrated. You don't put put a stumbling block before the blind. I, and you should fear your God.
1: I would also, by the way, add one verse very powerfully because everybody says, you know, love your neighbor as yourself. It's a core Jewish tenet. But the actual verse says, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. I am God. So it's not so. it sounds to me, Abby, that you're reading it as that there are two things going on here and that they complement one another. There's the religious and that there's the ethical. But I would go further. I would say not, and maybe this is what you're saying, not that they complement one another, but that they actually, the, the ethical is being framed in the context of the religious. You know, what the Torah is saying, and this might be, not everybody would agree with this, is don't act morally just because it's the right thing to do. Act morally because... I am God and I'm telling you this and it's part of your relationship with me. I
0: like that, actually. I think that's part of what it means to be in, in a covenant. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that's that's the contract we've signed.
1: So I think that that might be going back, that might be what the being holy is about, right? The being holy is, is that if you live a moral life but it's part of your relationship with God and you live a r- ritual life which highlights your relationship with God then all of those combined is what a holy life is about some people in the more observant community when they think about being careful of mitzvah observance focus just on the more ritualistic particularistic you know aspects and they don't pay as much attention to the uh, interpersonal and ethical and some people in the less observant community you know it's the reverse and i think that the torah is saying here that like these are all part of what they intertwine and they're all part of a life in relationship with God. I'm saying that also, it can't just be about your taking care of the poor. It also has to be about your fasting on Yom Kippur. Right. <laughs> we we agree. Okay. We're just coming at it from different angles.
0: <laughs> I, I wish holiness for you. Thank I'm gonna you. Be, I'm going to be actually measuring you against everything on this list.
1: All right. And I wish a life of you of becoming rather than be of a life of being.
0: That's a good goal. I appreciate it. I appreciate <laughs> that that wish for me. Something to strive for.
1: Shabbat shalom, Dov. Shabbat shalom, Abby.
0: Parsha in Progress is written and hosted by Abigail Pogrubin and Rabbi Dov Linzer. The show is produced by Shira Talushkin and executive produced by Josh Cross and Tablet Magazine. Our music is by Blue Dot Sessions. We'd be so grateful if you'd head over to iTunes and rate, review, and subscribe to the show. It helps more people find us. You can also write or fetch to us at this email, parshainprogress at tabletmag.com. Thanks for listening.